Welcome to another podcast, y'all. Look Again podcast here. Welcome. Yeah, glad you guys are tuning in. Uh, hopefully we're uh, sparking your interest and consciousness and your mind on our topics. Yeah, thanks for coming back, y'all. All right. So today we have a fun little topic. Throughout this podcast, we've spoken with a lot of insightful and bright people about the mind and many different ways of expressing it and experiencing it. And what's interesting is like when we speak of or reference the mind, we tend to speak of it like everyone knows what's going on. So it's like when you hear someone talking about mind, it's like just generalization that you know what the other person is talking about. So we thought it'd be fun to dive into that a bit and have some questions about it. So, but what's interesting is the mind is so vast and there's a lot to explore of how it is alike and how it is unique to each of us. And so within this podcast, we just wanted to go over some questions that we had about the mind and just kind of see our different versions, how they align, how they're unique, and hopefully spark some interest in your ideas as well. So I guess to start, we can say, I wrote down a little definition. And most of the definitions I was looking at tend to say the same thing. So there's going to be a moment where I dissect it a bit so we can have more clarity of what we're talking about. But to start, the mind is defined as the set of faculties, including cognitive aspects such as consciousness, imagination, perception, thinking, intelligence, judgment, language, and memory, as well as non-cognitive aspects such as emotion and instinct. And that was like the basic definition that I got from most of the things I was looking at. And I don't know, in some weird way, I kind of like weirdly disagree with some of that. And I think that's what we're going to explore. And we can also talk about what I do agree with. But to start, mostly all the definitions I looked over included the act of consciousness as part of the functionality of mind. I wasn't convinced of these definitions, including consciousness within the mind. And my question was, do you think consciousness is a part of mind or do you think consciousness is applied to the mind as in the mind being the mental functioning of the apparatus of the brain and consciousness is the quality in which the apparatus executes the function. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but can you word it in a way that because some of our listeners might be like, what the fuck is he talking about? You know what I mean? So like maybe can you, can you like just for some of our listeners who may not be into the mind and consciousness. So like, how would you bring that question down a couple levels so everybody would be able to understand it? So I guess what the basic question is, is, is there, and what is there a difference between mind and consciousness? How do you see consciousness and mind being similar and working together or, and, or how do you see them being different? I know for me, I mean, this is just my opinion because I mean, I don't, I don't know what the answer is or isn't. I think consciousness is all expansive like consciousness is one of those universal things. I think the mind helps to limit our consciousness because it puts that individual perspective on it. It's like the lens that we're seeing the world through. Kind of like the mind is the one that's translating or the mind is one receiving the signals. So I think consciousness is there. Consciousness is just isn't in the mind. Consciousness is, is universal, but the mind helps to limit our consciousness and makes it a part of this, um, our individual being. And it's like our, our vantage point for the world. I guess to build on that, you know, I, I kind of agree with Ali and it's like mind has to do with being the observer or having this human experience. Like we're put here 
to have that human experience. And with our mind, we have it, that individual identity. Consciousness is, you know, we can have our individual consciousness, universal consciousness. And in yoga, you're trying to unite the individual self with the universal self or consciousness. And, you know, to me, they are different, but they do play off of each other, if that makes sense. Well, like, how are they different to you? Like, how do you see them as different? Because saying they're different is like, I think what we're trying to agree with, but how do you see them being different? I think one is more of an individual ego, which is the mind and not saying ego is somebody with a big ego, but like your ego, I individual consciousness self. But the whole idea of consciousness is that the universal mind, I guess you could say that universality of it all. Our Swami Shankarnanda used to always talk about conscious awareness consciousness is there and it's universal but what is it what is it aware of like are you being aware of your breath are you being aware of your light are you being aware of your connection to everything are you being aware of your physical body so like i think your consciousness is is again is just like this all pervasive thing that that once you you get in touch with it like it's your connection to everyone and everything in the universe but the mind again is like like I, I think it was I, I was really close to me saying the witness. Your mind is that thing that's that's observing the universe, like your inner and outer universe, and putting your spin on it. Like you, you're gonna like every, none of us see the see the world the exact same way. Like we all have differing opinions on it. Like visually, I doubt that we all see it the same. But I think that our mind is where where that's all played out and where that whole thing is actually. Um, like is the vantage point, like the lens that you're looking through. I think the mind is the lens that you're looking through, but the consciousness is like the universe. I would just want to say something, Ali, what you said about like how we all see the world differently. We do in some sense, because like the actual vision, all the photons. So all those, we don't share those. So every piece of light that you're seeing doesn't come into my eye. So every piece of light that comes in my eye doesn't go into your eye. So our vision of the reality is way different, but yeah. I think that beauty in the, is in the eye of the beholder. It's some real shit. I mean, like everybody sees the world differently. I think it, your emotions play a role into, in it. But I think like you're saying that energetically it plays a different role into it. Cause like, you know I mean? You're, you're drawn to certain things. Certain things are going to seem beautiful to you. Certain things you're going to be kind of repelled from. And it's such an individual thing that I, I think it's literally everybody seeing and feeling and observing the world differently. Like you, there's going to be some commonalities but for the most part, everybody's seeing things totally differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So photons are what emit light or are light. And photons are very unique to your eye. So we never share the same photons. So like reality is definitely different when it comes to vision. Yeah. And what do you think about like the different separation or similarities of consciousness and mind? I don't know. I'm kind of stumped here. I'm not going to lie. We talk about this a lot. You know, when I heard Ali say what he said, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And then what Atma said, because once Ali said, I was I was thinking the same thing that Atma kind of said about how we got to separate con- consciousness. There's just not one type of consciousness. You know, there's like that self and then the universal consciousness, right? So now I need to break consciousness down even, right? To figure out what really is consciousness because it's not just one type of consciousness. There's a multitude of consciousness, right? There's more than one. There's the consciousness of that whole concept of me identifying with my physical and my memories and where I live and who I am and what I've gone through, all that type of stuff. And then there's this this universal consciousness, right? So that 
in my mind, I'm like, those are two separate things, right? Those consciousnesses are separate. And I definitely think mind is separate from consciousness for sure. It's like mind of anything for me is like the tool that we have for like things like memory and, 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 you know, your memory is part of your mind, your intellect, you know, the, the part of the ego of identifying with, Hey, I am Andy. And this is a pen type stuff. When the Supreme consciousness for me, the universe would say that I am not Andy and this is not a pen that we just are, you know? So I, I, I know that mind is, it's an aspect of, I would say like our being kind of, and so is, but consciousness is like the real truth to me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Sometimes I think mind gets a bad rap too. Cause you know, the, the concept of, uh, we were just talking it, uh, about it earlier today when we were talking about chitta and stuff like that, about this, this cosmic intelligence, right? You know what I mean? That that's part of the mind. And if, if you're able to tap into that cosmic intelligence, that universe intelligence, that's almost like the concept of the universal consciousness too. So it's an aspect of it, but I definitely would say that mind and consciousness, gun to my head, final answer, like you have to say something, I would say mind and consciousness are different for sure. Yeah. See, and I think a, a lot of that, I mean, there's some of that, I don't know, as Andy was talking to me, think of like the fact that um, the mind tries to rationalize things and define things, but I don't think you can do that with consciousness. Consciousness, like pure universal consciousness, you can't really describe with words. You have to experience it. Like people come back and they try to use these words like bliss or nirvana or love. Like there's all these different words they use to describe it. And that's the mind trying to rationalize consciousness. So I think it kind of has to be two different things where, where one is like the words or the trying to talk it out or think it out. But, you know, when you get to consciousness, like it's beyond thoughts, it's beyond words. It's, it's like that. It's, it's just being. Yeah. I can feel that too. There's a sense of consciousness integrating feeling and mind doesn't feel it. It's kind of like very mathematical. It's just like, okay, A to B, you know, it's not like, oh, well, I went to see because I felt this way. But I do agree that it is like some sort of apparatus. And I think I, I wrote that question because because they throw consciousness in with imagination, perception, thinking, intelligence, judgment. But the thing is, is like you can make a judgment and have a conscious judgment. You can make a judgment without consciousness and make a dumb judgment. You're still using your mind. But I just I find it really weird to like, integrate consciousness into mind because consciousness is so vast so here's here's another little thought like do you think consciousness still exists without mind does mind exist without consciousness you know i think consciousness exists within mind or consciousness exists without mind but mind doesn't exist without consciousness so i think like one needs the other to exist it's kind of like ego won't exist without mind and consciousness yeah, I mean, I feel like consciousness can exist without mind because once you transition from this body, you're, the mind's not there anymore. At least in my opinion, the mind's not there anymore, but your consciousness is and always will be. Like there hasn't been a point where your consciousness hasn't been around, but I feel like you need that physical vessel for mind to be there. But I don't think the mind can exist without consciousness. I think consciousness has to play a part, and that's what consciousness being, is translated through is the mind. In his physical body. I agree. I agree with all, what Ali's saying. I, I mean, can anything exist without consciousness? I don't know. Maybe not. I don't, I don't know either. That's what I'm saying. Maybe existence is consciousness. That's kind of where I lean towards. Right? That's deep. What do you guys do? <laughs> where are you leaning? <laughs> when you just said that 
it takes me back to something that our teacher always talks about and like you know he always has the holy trinity of the different principles it's consciousness existence and bliss absolute and that is universal truth and i think that all those three are part of what makes up our reality which in our individual cases we use our mind to perceive yeah, I was definitely about to say Sachi Ananda. Like that was definitely where I was going, where I was thinking. I mean, it was just like that's what it, it all boils down to. Like when you're looking for like the capital T truth, like that Sachi Ananda, like what I'm saying, consciousness, existence, bliss, absolute. Like that's what it is. Like the mind isn't really anywhere in there. Again, the mind's trying to define it and, and rationalize it. But again, it's, you got really experienced to really understand. Yeah, I really like the way I'm going to say that the mind is like the tool to, I don't know exact, the exact wording, but it's like the mind is a tool to perceive the consciousness. I think that's deep. And then my thought was, and it's crazy that you all both saw Sachi Dananda too, because when David was asking it before you said it first, I mean, it's the same thing was popping in my head. Like I could hear that word in my head, those words in my head. But I, I'm thinking about, so do we, because I, I agree with what you're saying. I liked it a lot. Like, the viewers can't see it because they can't see me. And I'm like, oh, when he said, it, I was like, oh, that was really good. Right. In my mind, I like I like the way that was worded. But do we need the mind then to perceive consciousness? Is that like, is it necessary to have the mind to perceive consciousness? That the only way we can perceive consciousness is through the mind? Kind of makes sense. I think it's I think it's once again, like, you know, you all were saying that it's your vehicle to comprehend things on an individual way. And it depends on what you focus your mind on, whether it is consciousness or whether it's truth, whether it's, you know, whatever you focus it on, that mind is our individual tool to be able to be the witness or the perceiver of the consciousness, existence, or bliss. You know, I think that's our tool on a human level. Well, I was just thinking like, say our mind is the vessel and consciousness is the water, you know, and you pour water in a tea kettle, it takes the form of the vessel. But when the vessel's not there, water's just water. It does what it does. So it doesn't mean that consciousness doesn't exist without the mind. But I think mind, I think uh, how you said, Andy, earlier, like mind is a tool to feel, to think, to use ration and judgment and whatever faculties that we we use with the mind, but consciousness is the quality in which it's done in. Like we can all do the same yoga stretch, but whoever's more advanced is going to do it better. So that's the quality of the thing in which, you know, it is. What I was going to say was that I think that um, you have to go beyond mind to get to consciousness. I know um, a lot of what is done in the meditative, like the people spend tons of time in the meditative practice fighting with their mind and try to empty their mind and clear their mind. And, and they get frustrated and they stop or, or they keep going. They spend a lot of time in contemplation. They spend a lot of time like having that internal dialogue, those long drawn out conversations with themselves or imagining. But I feel like to really get to the essence of meditation, you have to go beyond mind. Like you have to go beyond that to actually experience what, pure consciousness is like you're, you're not going to find it in the mind like you got to be able to get beyond that point and it's it's a struggle i mean like it's 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 not easy to do actually not i mean it's actually i think it might be easy to do when i think about it because like when you spend your time fighting in meditation you come out of your meditation tired like i remember um 
reading this book, Man's Eternal Quest, and they talk about having to meditate for six hours one day a week. Uh, Paramahansa Yogananda, fantastic book if, if our listeners haven't read it yet. But I remember reading that. I remember sitting at home like, well, f- well fuck it. I'm going to meditate for six hours one day. And I remember doing it, and I came out of it, and I was fucking exhausted. And I remember going to Uncle Will's house the next day and telling him about it, and he just busts out laughing. He's like, man, you're doing it wrong. Like, you're obviously in there fighting. Like, meditation is supposed to be easy. Meditation is supposed to be peaceful. Like, if you're not coming out of six hours of meditation, totally refreshed and renewed, you're doing it the wrong way. And the next time I did it, I wasn't fighting with my mind because most of the time I was spending was fighting with my mind, fighting with my mind, fighting with my mind. It was just, and it wore me out. Like I was just energetically exhausted when I came out. But the next time I tried it, I came out and I felt like I had slept for like a week. You know what I mean? Like it it felt amazing because I went in there with ease and tranquility and peace. And that was what I got out of it. And I didn't fight with my mind. It was just kind of working on transcending mind for for lack of a better term. And, And I think that was how I got to experience consciousness was going going beyond it. When you just said that, Ali, what popped in my head is, you know, those uh, great masters uh, that achieve samadhi, you know, that union with the true universal self, it's hard for them to put into words what they're really experiencing. And I think it goes back to, once again, what you were saying is like, your mind is a human or a manifestation in this incarnation of the, the human experience and the human mind cannot comprehend the consciousness, true consciousness or bliss or knowledge or, you know, for the simple fact that it's beyond the beyond it's, you know, past what our human comprehension or mind can really grasp. And that's why it's so difficult. That's why people are looked at as masters when they have gone over to that level of true consciousness, trying to bring that information back and trying to guide people there, it's hard for them to really put it into words, but they put it in to the best words they possibly can because they're back in their human mind trying to explain it to other human minds. Like the mind has this wanting to define, like the mind is the meaning maker and consciousness sometimes doesn't make a meaning in which the mind can comprehend. I think consciousness is more complex than we have the capabilities to comprehend. I feel like it's way more out there. It's not Englishable. It's not verbal. You know, it, it's all of the above. It's a feeling. It's a smell. It's a taste. You know, it's all the senses combined and then some. And like, you know, with the, even the spiritual religious sense, there's there's so much to it. And it's, it's really interesting to like kind of go into that because I feel like we have these conversations and people are like oh yeah that's the mind that's the brain that's consciousness but it's like well, what the f- like what the fuck is that like I don't know what that is but I'm about to start using the word Englishable in my everyday vocabulary that was a dope ass word right there. I don't know if you just made that shit up on the spot <laughs> but I'm using Englishable from now on I, no. I was thinking the same thing like <laughs> uncomprehensive man that shit is unenglishable <laughs> yeah I've I've heard that word a lot it just makes it the unspeakable, like how in which do you speak of feeling or emotion? It's it's really hard, you know. But the mind likes to define. Like we sort of had a podcast about it. The mind loves to make meaning, and it's our obligation to make the process of meaning making quality in our brains. Englishable is an adjective meaning capable of being translated into or expressed in English. I can't believe it's a real word. I'm just making shit up over here. Yeah. 
David, in my eyes, that is your word. It's part of the David, the Ovid text, the divine text. I kind of like wish that. you had made it up, David, so I can be like, yeah, man, David talking this word. English. It's not English. Well, I'm sorry. I, you could just say I made it up. I made sure to look it up because I was sure that that shit wasn't real. <laughs> I was like, there's no way you just made that shit. That's not a real word. But it is a word. You know what? what I really like what you were saying there, David, though, how it's, it, it is interesting how people do use the word mind and consciousness a lot. You know, they're talking and they kind of just throw it around. And now, you know, it's like, what's that movie? Where it's like, I don't think you know what the, the meaning of that word really is or whatever. You know, like you're not using that word the way that it's supposed to be being used. I forget what the, the exact. Inconceivable. Yeah, it's inconceivable, right? And then what is on? What is uh, like, what's the I guy say? You know, what do you say? Uh, I do not think you know what that word means. Uh, Inigo Montoya uses it. Yeah. Says it to him. I can't, I can't remember exactly what he says yeah. in Princess Bride. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but not. It's true because I think people use those words often. I really think Ali hit it on the head when he said it earlier. Like you can't really words can't describe consciousness. You know, it just is. You know, there's like. It's kind of like the Tao, right? It's like the way of it's just it just is. There's there's no there's no language, no no you just can't, you know. But we use that word often. I think we use consciousness for a variety of things that it's not. I don't think people really know what they're what they're saying when they're using the word now. I wonder if I do sometimes. Yeah, it feels safe if you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Just be like, oh, consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa, like what do you mean? I don't know. The older I get and the more deeper I get into like knowledge and, you know, all the cool things about like learning, I want to know what people mean. And the thing is, is like we have the same language so we can like say things and language allows us to collectively agree upon a meaning. But sometimes like, yeah, people just throw it out there and it's, it's like a buzzword. And it's like, well, what the fuck does that mean? Like, I don't know. I think there are different levels of consciousness. I think it get crudified from the universal level or the true consciousness level all the way down to human eye consciousness. And, you know, it's unenglishable to try to describe the universal consciousness, but you can Englishable the eye consciousness. All right. So here is a question that is Englishable. We have a brain, a mind, and consciousness, and they all come together within our being. But what is your understanding of the differences and similarities between each of these? The way my brain works, I, my brain feels like a computer. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use this in computer terms because I feel like it can resonate with people. But I see the brain as the hardware, the actual computer. I see the mind as the software, so the code and how to get somewhere. And then I see consciousness as, again, the quality in which the code is processed, is going through. So it's like how quick it is. So I see I see them all working together. So it's like you have the hardware, you have the software, and then you actually have the quality of like, does it work well? Because we've, we've all gotten like, you know, I'm a prince from this country, you know. Zamunda. Yeah, and then you click on it and it's like some code runs and it like it, it fucks your computer up. Not a good consciousness. That's kind of how I see it. Stop clicking on those links, David. Stop clicking on those links. No, I don't. I've I've learned that I'm not the descendant of some rich person. <laughs> as much as I want to be. 
I like what you said there, David. Like to me, you know, it it correlates with you know how energy centers in our body correlate to physical organs. Like you know, our heart center or heart chakra is correlated to our heart, or you know, our second chakra is connected to our sexual organs, our root chakra, you know, and like that. So it's like it's the physical. I guess, like you said, uh, hardware is, you know, like you said, the brain and, you know, the spiritual aspect of that brain or one of the spiritual aspects or the spiritual center of the brain is the mind. And the consciousness, I think, is what gives the energy center purpose or the mind purpose. Yeah, yeah. Like the brain is the squishy thing in your head. The mind is how the thoughts move through it and then consciousness is what is the thought. So to me, I think the brain is like that, um, is more of a physiological neurological thing. Like it's what's making you breathe, making your heartbeat taking in, um, using your senses to pull in signals from the outside world. Uh, your mind is what, where the thoughts are, where your inner, that, that voice in your head, like that's the, that's the mind to me like how you're, how you're all translating it and making it your own. And consciousness is like that higher part of yourself that's connected to the universe. Nice. Okay. Again, this is really cool. Great. This is a great talk. I really like this a lot. I'm just thinking of things like when I think about this, I'm with you. I think the brain is, is a physical organ, right? Hardware is a great example of it, right? The mind, where does the mind come from then? Where's the mind, you know, where, where does that come from? Cause I'm trying to think of examples of people and where I can, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here a little, right. And kind of be like, all right, well, where are there scenarios where this isn't working? Like, like say someone who's brain dead. All right. They're in a coma. They still have a brain, right? We may not think it's working, but it could be working, right? You know, there's some people that come out of a coma and they're like, man, I was living the whole time and I was trying to talk to you and my mind was going on still. Right. So, but their brain doesn't, so, How's that? Where does the mind fall into the brain? Is that the house of the mind, the brain? Or is our soul the house of the mind? Or you know, consciousness the house of the mind? And then it just happens to be that the brain is the organ where the mind lives. When you think about like some like the concept of of, of mind, right? You know, we you can it can be broken in, in other categories if you're thinking of things. So like like manas, right? Manas is, is memory, right? And it's memory in your mind, right? But manas is more than just memory in your mind. Your body has memory too. Your physical body has memories that aren't attributed to your mind, right? To what you're thinking, to your memory, to what you're thinking of. Your body members that remembers things. Is that your mind remembering it? Is that the brain remembering it? Does your body have a mind too? Or is it just your brain that has a mind? I know I'm just ad- asking a lot of questions, not really answering anything, but this is where my, my brain's going right now. No, that's a good place. So like this conversation has a bias to the mind being something not of material, but more of an idea, thought, like an operation of something. But with that understanding, what do people mean when they speak about the body having a mind or the heart mind? What do you think your idea is with that? You know, we hear this. We're like, oh, the body mind, the heart mind, the mind itself. Like, what does that mean? I think that more has to do in regards to like you talking about the heart mind or the body mind and stuff like that. I think that has to do with using where your consciousness is coming from at that specific point in time 
where it is taking your mind to a certain place, that vehicle, that processor, I guess you could say, since we're using, you know, computer terms and the consciousness takes that mind to that specific part of your body or a specific way of seeing and smelling and feeling that that's my take on it. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it's, it, it seems like it's something similar to where you're, um, where you are. I don't know if I want to say energetically, emotionally, maybe a combination of all of them, but it seems like if you're functioning from your body mind, you might be more sense driven. Like you might be more driven to gratify your senses with the things that you're doing more about gratifying the physical I guess your your just normal mind, your brain mind, or whatever you want to call it, will be more in, of an intellectually stimulating thing, like where you're trying to read more and learn more and have these deep conversations with people. And your heart mind would be more about connection, like your um, if that's where you're functioning from, like connecting with people, having deep love, empathy, compassion, and things along those lines. I could get with that. Yeah, yeah. I I have a feeling that the body mind stores more movement more physical space spatial awareness and then the heart mind has more emotion more memories more not material space things so it has more interpersonal feelings and things of that nature you know i was always like a little curious about that because it's like people talk about heart mind and body mind i'm like say more (laughs) that goes back to the whole crudifying of the consciousness, like what level of consciousness people are on. And, you know, you are taking, using your mind uh, as that vehicle once again. And, you know, the more crude that your mind is, that's where that part, like consciousness is universal. It can be on all different levels. But if you are focused on your body mind, like Ali was saying, it's more just, you know, sense gratifications, um, making sure that, you know, you have roof over your shoulders, Maslow hierarchy taken care of. And just, you know, I don't want to reiterate what Ali was saying, but, you know, I, I kind of totally agree, but I think it's more of just a crudification of where consciousness is and not that un-Englishable consciousness, but, you know, I think that's more Englishable consciousnesses. <laughs> I like that. So when you're talking about that, it made me think, I just, I know this is a little off topic. I mean, it's still on topic because it's about the mind, but it's, it's not in like, when does your mind form? Do you always have it? Like the moment you're born, you know, cause you're talking about when, when we, if we go by the definition here, right. And it, we clearly don't agree with it because all of us believe the mind and consciousness is different. And it says, including cognitive aspects such as consciousness, right? But imagination, perception, thinking, intelligent, judgment, language, all that type of stuff. Now, a lot of those things don't form until you're, you develop more, right? Until your brain develops more, right? But the moment you're born, is mind there already? Does it exist when you're in the womb? I mean, because things like it says non-cognitive aspects such as emotion and instinct, you know, a baby, a baby cries. That's an emotion, isn't it? I also disagree with that, like that part of the definition, not with you, Andy, but with that part of the definition that like emotion is non-cognitive because you're saying you don't learn from emotion because cognitive means like learning something. So like doesn't emotion teach you? So I don't know, like the the way a lot of these definitions are defining the mind 
I feel like we we need to have a little revamp. But to speak about what you're saying, that's that's a very interesting question because I do feel like when you're born, consciousness is like there. I do feel like consciousness is within the womb as well. Me too. I think consciousness always exists, Yeah. right? So that's why I'm wondering, when did the mind come in there? I think mind is a byproduct of consciousness. I think you have a brain in the womb, but you might not have a mind, you know, because you're just like, you're like a cell splitting from two to four to eight to 16 to 64, you know, and then you become like an embryo and it's like, that's part of like the brain functionality. That's just like biology, right? That's not, I'm feeling happy. It's not like a feeling of emotion. There is no emotions yet. It's just nature doing its thing. I think mind and consciousness are like tied together because when consciousness arrive, then mind begins. Just thinking through it all, it's to, to me, it seems like when we're in the womb, and again, this is just my personal opinion. I mean, I don't know, but uh, it seems like when you're in the womb, like consciousness is there, consciousness is present. Um, when you're born, uh, I feel like you're still closer to consciousness because you haven't really you you haven't really made any interactions with the real world. Like you're you're feeding your. I mean, you know, these little babies they they pee, they poop, they eat, they sleep, they cry. Like that's all that's all little babies do. I think once you start to interact with the world and become aware that you are a being in this world, I think that's maybe when mind starts somewhere around then. Like um, just because I still think there's there's this a certain level of um individual consciousness to to the mind like where you realize that you're a separate being and you're interacting with the world and everything and everyone in it so i think somewhere around then like when whenever that is developmentally probably earlier for some than others like that's when the mind comes into play is when that happens and it's just the brain and consciousness early on that makes sense to me because then it's like again i'm like ali i don't want to say that i know what the fuck i'm talking about you know it's just all theory and idea but that same type of thing. It's like, you know, consciousness exists. Then you identify with self a little, right? So then the mind comes in. I like that. I like that idea. And then throughout life, you're kind of trying to get back to being the consciousness, like, you know, not being so attached to the mind the whole time. That's part of the whole journey and the cycle. So that I like that way of thinking that, because when I think of all the aspects that I consider mind, I don't see them coming until later on, like I was saying, until when you've developed a little and you're like, oh, I'm, I am something. I, the ego is part of it, you know what I mean? And, and intellect. And, and that's when you start remember, remembering things and stuff like that. And those are all aspects to me of the mind. You start identifying yourself with certain things, you know? And, and so maybe it doesn't come in right away. Maybe it is. You're just, we're all just conscious beings. And then this human experience is what allows our brain to develop these mind things to be able to live throughout here to learn that, hey, we're not the little self. We're not the outside, the, the inner self. We're the bigger self. You know, we're not, you see what I'm saying? Like, we're not the, the self self, but we're the universal self. Throwing it out there. So you got to swing. You got to swing for the fences, David. <laughs> just, just you got to go. swing for the fences. Just, just point it out. <laughs> <laughs> When you are sleeping or dreaming, where does the mind actually go? Where do y'all think it is? I know I have an opinion on this, but I want to hear y'all first. I think there's different levels to it. It's like deep sleep. I think the mind isn't there because you're not having thoughts. It's just pure consciousness. It's like when you come out of a meditation, 
Like when you come out of a really deep meditation, it's like coming out of deep sleep. Like it's like that time doesn't exist. Space doesn't exist. The body, like nothing physical exists. It's just like that, that void or that vacuum. I think when you're dreaming, I think the mind is there because you do interact with the world around you. I think the body's not there. Like your physical body's not there. Your astral body's there, but your mind is still there. And like, and, and even like different levels of your mind, like your, um, like your deep subconscious. Cause like there's stuff that comes up in your dreams that, that is like deep subconscious, like worries, fears, um, things that you want to accomplish, like all that stuff pops up. But then also there's like that stuff that's in the front of your mind, like the, the stuff that you've been thinking about throughout the day. We might be having this conversation. And then later on tonight, I'll have a dream about the four of us hanging out, talking about the mind or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just like, so I think it's different levels of the mind are in your dreams. And um, remember Uncle Will used to always say that the reason that stimulating your throat chakra helps you sleep better or like that Sikari breath um, where you stimulate your throat chakra is because there's like this small nadi called the Hita Nada. Like, it's like, it's supposed to be like thin as a hair, but that's where your consciousness goes when you're asleep. So I think that plays a role. So like you're, like it's all there, but your physical body's not there. And depending on how deep in sleep you go, your mind can't be, might not be there either, but your consciousness is always there. Yeah. It's kind of like your consciousness is everywhere. Always omnipresently at all things. And the thing is, is, is it's, it's not, I wonder if it's yours because it's probably everybody's everything, everybody's, but you refer to it as yours because we are, you know, egoic beings and so we think we are the center and we sort of are to certain things but yeah it's it's interesting to think i do think the mind goes somewhere when you sleep and i wonder is it beyond you or is it like still contained within the brain but like honestly i don't know i like thinking about it because it makes me stretch my thought upon it and not give mind a, a GPS point in my brain. It's more like it can be in so many different places. And by thinking that, I feel like it allows me to kind of swing with uh, some more knowledge a bit more than just thinking like, oh, the mind is located at this address, you know? But I do think the brain has an address, like a GPS, but the mind, I think, is a little bit more wavy. Um, I think consciousness is like everywhere. So it's just like, you know, when Ali was talking, it, it kind of and what you just said, David, it kind of made me just reflect on the fact that it depends on how your day was, how if your mind is on the individual level at a certain capacity when you're dreaming or whether it's in touch with that universal consciousness, because, you know, when you do have those dreams where, you know, people are chasing you. And you might reflect the next morning and realize uh, it's because you were putting out ugly thoughts at people. But if you are a scientist and clear your mind and tap into that universal center before you go to sleep, I know personally speaking, that's when I get the best sleep, feel refreshed, and I don't have any dreams. Uh, like our teacher said, you're actually in the bosom of uh, the universal oneness when you don't have dreams and that's like some of the best rest you can never get and maybe you lose that individual mind but you kind of focus your mind on that universal consciousness and you lose yourself in that 
I, I really love the idea of the bosom of the universe. That's all. I, that's all I was thinking. I like that. That's good word. That's a good word for it. Yeah. Bosom. The bosom of the universe. <laughs> Me, I mean, I was, since little kids, we just started smiling and giggling. Like <laughs> I, I wasn't trying to be uh, sensual, but it's you know like. When you're a young kid, nothing is more uh, nurturing than being in the bosom of your maternal figure. You know what I mean? And that's how it really feels. And you feel well rested. Like you, uh, if you hurt yourself and you pull, even like when you give people hugs and stuff, it's very comforting and stuff like that. So I guess that's why I said bosom. I wasn't talking about no Brumskis or nothing like that. I was talking about that comforting feeling. And the only thing I could equate that to was... You know, yo, I feel that. I feel that bosom of the universal consciousness. It would be totally fine if you were talking about Brumskis, though. That wouldn't yeah, be a bad yeah. thing either, man. I think that either. I just thought that I was such a child, and so was David, because we were just giggling like little kids when you said it. Like he, he, he said bosom. <laughs> I was wondering, like, am I in the bosom if I don't have dreams, or is it just like sort of have to be in a conscious place? Because you know, smoking weed puts you in a different sort of consciousness. I think, like with you and smoking weed, I think that. You know, the reason why you don't have certain dreams is because, you know, it does take you to a universal place. And it's kind of like, you know, a form of uh, letting things go, which come like, you know, releasing some some of those thoughts, which comes from certain breathing practices and certain meditations and stuff like that. But that's just like a jump start. Or like putting in the cheat code and not having to do the breathing and meditation before you go to sleep. So you won't have those dreams and you can get that like deep rest without any dreams and stuff like that with the ganj, man. Yeah. I live in Colorado, by the way, people. So don't come after me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, police, if you're looking for them, go to Colorado. Yeah, so because I definitely think the mind exists in the dream. I thought Ali hit it in the head again, um, where he said, you know, there's different levels. So when you're deep sleep, that's when you're pure, you're with consciousness. But I definitely think during the dream state, the mind is there, like hands down. You know, like during the day, you see things, you witness things, and sometimes, you know, what's what you experience in the waking state, it then happens in the dream world. And I and I loved how you said the thing about the subconscious, because even subconsciously, certain things happen to you. You, you know, your mind is is almost creating the scenario in the dream world. It's making the room you're in. It's making the people that you're interacting with. That's all your mind's making that, at least in my opinion. I know subconsciously it's crazy because I have this thing that happens in my dreams and it still happens. It happened just the other day where for some reason in my dream, I have experiences with people, you know, all the time. But in particular, a lot of times the face of a female in the dream is the same face of a lady who I had like a crush on when I was a little kid, right? And for some reason, like even in the dream world, I, I, I believe there's a little conscious in that because I'm like aware, there's some awareness that I'm not in, I'm in the dream world because when I see the person, I'm like, I know you're not her. For some reason, subconsciously though, I put that person's face on this individual in the dream and it blows my mind every time I see her because we're good friends. I've spoken to her since high school. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy, you know, but I still see that same face. So that's something with my mind where I'm planting this person's physical form of a face onto this entity that I've also created with my mind for me to interact with and have these situations, conversations and so on and so forth. And that's got to come from my mind in my mind because it's not like that's coming from anywhere else. My mind is bringing back this person's face who I haven't seen in forever. But for some reason, I always have this dream and it's always her face. It's really weird. 
Hmm. Interesting. We hear the word and the phrase mindful and mindfulness a whole lot. Um, and, and a part of that is being fully aware and present of functionality. But to know what mindfulness is, we also have to know what mindlessness is. What do you all think mindlessness is? I think that's like another point of us, you know, like you said, we hear my, being mindfulness and mindful, but it's like, so when we're not being mindful, are we mindless? So I think when we hear the word mindless or mindful, we are not without mind. We are just not using its functionality probably to the fullest potential. So if we are mindless, it doesn't mean like our mind is not there because it is there, but we are not operating through it. It's kind of like consciousness. It's like when you're unconscious, you're still able to do things, but you're just not aware of how the impact is going to land upon the thing in which you're doing. So I think that kind of relates to being mindless or without mind, I guess. but. The way it's said without mind doesn't mean you don't have one. It just means you're not using it to its full potential. Yeah, like it's just a way of saying something, you know, because I was thinking about this earlier and I love that this question was asked. I was thinking like, so what happens when you lose your mind? Like people say, oh, that guy's lost his mind. You can actually lose your mind. Your mind's always there. Or if you're being mindless, I mean, maybe you're not using your mind, but I mean, it's a way of saying stuff too. Like you don't say... You know, it doesn't have to be an opposite. You know, it doesn't have to be mindful. And since there's a mindful, there's a mindless. That'd be like saying, like, since there's death, we use the word deathless. No, we're living, right? You don't use deathless like you're lacking death. No, you're just living then. So I don't know. I don't know. The concept of mindless, I think, is just a way for people to describe somebody. In my opinion, you're describing someone who isn't doing like the right thing, you know, like, like, oh, that guy's being mindless. He's not thinking right or something like that. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know if you necessarily, there has to be an opposite for that word. And, you know, when you said that Andy, uh, mindless, I think that there are different levels of mindlessness, like, you know, where people are out here thinking with their ego, when people are leaded by ego, or if they do some mindless act or, you know, commit crime or, commit violence or something like that. You can use the word mindless in that. But then also when you are in a deep level of meditation, you can also say I was mindless there as well because you don't have any thoughts. So I think it's different levels to so many different words, whether it's consciousness, mindfulness, mindlessness, and it's all in how you use it. It it seems like um, mindlessness has something to do with mindful with two L's, like your mind being full of thoughts and distractions. Cause like, I mean, when you're mindlessly doing something, it, it kind of seems like to me, it denotes like a, a lack of presence. Like you're, you're doing something like you, you know, like, like when you're on, like when you're on a long road trip, right. And you're mindlessly driving and you look up and you're like 80 miles further than you're like, what the fuck just happened? How did the kid get here? You know what I mean? Like that's like mindlessly doing something. So I think it has to do with like, and when people lose their minds, it's that they're, they didn't physically lose their mind, but their mind is full of all these thoughts and distractions and voices. So I think the mindlessness has to be with your mind being full of thoughts and distractions and, and uh, just, just all these things that, that give you a lack of presence and a lack of stillness. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if someone loses their mind, what they lost is the ability to function what we call normal what we've constituted as normal in like community 
settings. But an interesting, Ottman, when you were talking, I was thinking about like when you sit in meditation, you want to be full of mind, but not use the mind. So you're mindless. So the goal is to be the goal to be mindful is to be mindless. <laughs> it was just like what? It just sounded like a weird equation all of a sudden that like almost doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. I, 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 I'm with you. I like I like that he he brought that to the attention of the listeners that you know mindless doesn't necessarily have to be negative. You know, when you're trying to clear your mind and you so your mindless, that can be a positive thing. I like that a lot. And it's consciousness, it is the quality of consciousness that might define what type of if a double L or a one L mindfulness. The quality of mind can be leveled out through consciousness. It's very interesting stuff, man. Like, I feel like we could talk all day. We might have to come back. We might have to come back here and talk about it some more. But, ooh, some things to think about, you know, and I hope. I hope when people are thinking about the difference between the brain, the mind, consciousness, how consciousness and mind work together, the functionality of the two, like what does it mean to not have a mind? What does it mean have a mind to be full of it, to be less of it? You know, these are all questions that could really promote some like really fun thinking. Yeah. Thank you all for uh, tuning in. We appreciate it. Hopefully you all got some tidbits uh, from us uh, that you all can reflect on and hopefully it wasn't uh, just unenglishable to you all. Yeah, make sure you use your mind and consciously come back for the next episode because we got more dopeness coming up for y'all throughout 2021. And if you want to, prior to listening to this podcast, get a beverage and every time you hear the word englishable, take a drink. Look again. All right, peace out, y'all. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Look Again Podcasts. Please feel free to share this content with your friends and community. Also, please consider donating to our Patreon page. You can find us at patreon.com and search for Look Again Podcast. Anything helps and we really appreciate your visit. Thank you so much.